welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Bridgerton on Netflix. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Julian Davis. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Pemberley Podcast, where this week we're going to dive into episode four of Bridgerton. But before we do that, we're going to talk through what we've currently been reading, watching, enjoying before we dive into more romance and Regency topics. Absolutely. What have you been watching recently, Yolanda? I saw a documentary called Viva Maestro, and it's all about a conductor who is here at the LA Philharmonic. His name is Gustavo Dudamel. He's been the conductor since 2009. He's from Venezuela. And it was just really great to see his story because he's someone who I've been a fan of and He's been really great in this community and uplifting so many young kids too to be part of an orchestra who may not have otherwise had access. So it was really great. It's only in theaters right now. Eventually, if it's streaming or anything, I highly recommend checking it out. He is a major figure, a major staple of the Hollywood Bowl. Yes, and, and Disney um, Concert Disney Hall. Disney Concert all Hall, all the LA orchestras. So yes. that's really exciting. Yeah. So what are you currently enjoying? I have currently been binging a really funny comedy on HBO Max. It is a queer pirate rom-com called Our Flag Means Death. It is the latest Taika Waititi project that he's doing with his old buddy Reese Darby, who's also been in Flight of the Concords and What We Do in the Shadows. And he basically plays this real-life person named Steed Bonnet, who lived over 300 years ago, who was a well-to-do landowner living in Barbados, and he was just sick of it. So he sold everything to be a pirate, He bought a ship, commissioned a crew, and paid them a salary, which was not really how pirating was done. You, like, looted things, and then you (laughs) found it, and you were just part of a crew. In real life, he died after doing this for, like, less than two years. He was a goner. He was actually, like, didn't even, I think, live to see his 30th birthday. He plays this very lovable idiot who doesn't really know what he's doing, but everyone loves and respects him, and he's the gentleman pirate. He has this very special friendship that grows to more with Blackbeard, played by Taika, wearing a lot of leather. Okay. <laughs> they're just like very funny opposites um, to each other, and uh, I think it's a really great show. Nice. So previously on Bridgerton, the Sharma sisters have arrived at Aubrey Hall for the ball weekend extravaganza. Kate and Anthony get a little too close to each other during an exciting game of Pal Mal. And Edwina is just sort of like counting down the minutes until she gets proposed to. We're all (laughs) thinking it. Everyone's thinking it. That is the goal. Target acquired Anthony Bridgerton. That's what we're waiting for. The last thing we saw was Anthony and Kate post B incident. They got very close. There was nearly a kiss, but then they broke apart. So I will say the B incident is, if I may say so, the catalyst for what we will eventually get. I feel like from this point on, it's not a spoiler, 
in each episode moving forward, we are going to get a heated Anthony Bridgerton speech about how he can't stand her, can't stop thinking about her. Because there wasn't like a lecture with the bee incident, but Kate is still recovering from that. We actually open the next morning. She just ran in. She's like, not okay. Like, she's great, but she's not okay. And so Edwina's like, hey, I was thinking the reason Anthony hasn't asked me to marry him is because you hate him. That's getting in his way. So could you please just be friends with Anthony? This whole episode, Edwina's mission is... Get Kate and Anthony to be friends. She does not see the way they look at each other. She does not see that it's not hatred in their eyes for each other. It is desire in their eyes. But Edwina, she's so happy that she's about to be a Viscountess or she thinks like this proposal is eminent. The only thing holding it back is Kate's approval. That's what she thinks. <laughs> oh, Edwina. No, I mean, it was really hard watching this episode. Yeah. Because we're like, no, she's like, hey, you two be alone together. And I'm like, no, I know. Edwina. I do love the moment when Edwina, they're like together and she's like, tell him about the bee incident. And, you know, he has to pretend like, what bee incident? <laughs> like, she was stung. Can you believe it? And he's like, oh, no, I cannot believe it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have seen many TikToks about his reaction to this of, like, the way he says, ah, in the two different ways of, like, oh, okay, yes. And then upon hearing she's doing well, he's like, oh, okay, thank goodness. Oh, <laughs> I gotta say, Bridgerton TikTok is keeping me going. Yes. I actually, you and I both pretty much had to watch the whole series because yeah. we are, t- yes. at least I am TikTok addicts. I don't want to project onto you. No, no. Yes. <laughs> but I just had to finish it because I couldn't have it spoiled for me. Essentially, like the big ball is happening the next day. And so the entire ton is arriving to stay at the Bridgertons, which kind of, I guess like I knew this, but I didn't realize that when people had balls, everyone was also like doing a big sleepover. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Everyone is arriving and it's sort of like a, a picnic hanging out in the garden sort of day. Yeah. Because the ball isn't even that night. It's the next day. So they've got to entertain people all day on like a Friday all day on a Saturday and then host them at a ball. I, th- I thought people just went to their own country manners. Well, this is like a very big event for them. This, I don't think it is usual. Like we hadn't seen this in season one, at least. Well, I guess we did actually. We saw it with Simon and Daphne where at the end they all hosted them once they were married and it was this huge deal. But I guess this is the first time we're seeing like the sleepover part of it and everyone getting excited and (laughs) being there and it's a big deal. It's a huge expense on the Bridgertons, but they they can afford it. (laughs) They are the oldest money in the show thus far. Yes. So Edwina is talking to Anthony and she's like, Anthony, like, do you know who's an incredible shot and who would be an excellent addition to your hunting party later? (laughs) Kate! Tell him I used to shoot all the time. Miss Edwina. (laughs) Kate is being modest. Do you not think it true? Perhaps your sister aimed straight on the field, but surely she would have some trouble managing. Why would you assume I had any trouble managing at all, my lord? I only mean to say- Because I am a woman? No, no. I did not say that. But you thought it. We knew he was thinking it. And yeah. He's like, I didn't say that. And we're like, we're in, we didn't ask We saw it in your it. face. Kate dresses up in like, I think one of her best outfits of the season. Yeah. Um, in her like hunting hat, 
her top hat. And it's great because a maid has to come as a chaperone for Kate. And this woman, she's an indoor cat. And it's just just really great seeing her just like navigating a horse. And Kate is like a legit huntress. She's like goddess of the hunt there because they're like riding through the woods. And she's like, hey, how come we're not following the animal tracks? Like I just sort of think back then hunting was probably an excuse for the men to go off, do something drink and then like have a good time and if they killed something great if not (laughs) whatever and we see kate who is someone who isn't afraid to go on her own path and actually make something of this day but anthony is kind of following what everyone else does the guide is telling us to go this way this is what we're supposed to do again just this ever running theme of anthony following what everyone thinks is best rather than looking for himself or observing the woods and seeing what could be out there. Kate is someone who isn't afraid to go off on her own. She does. And so Anthony has no choice in his mind but to follow her because he's like, a woman can't be on her own in the woods. And that's when they get close because Kate has set up her shot. She's good to go. But Anthony, for some reason, even though she looks great, like she has the gun. She knows what she's doing. I've seen movies. I know know. she knows what she's doing. (laughs) But Anthony's like, that's not how you hold a gun. And so we have this great moment between them. I would also just like to point out there are multiple moments when Anthony and Kate are alone together. Yes. This it's episode. Surprising. It is surprising, especially when you think about what happened last season. Yeah. Where we're following Daphne and the Duke. They're alone in the garden, five feet away from everyone else. And Anthony literally like threatens to kill the guy in a <laughs> duel. They even brought a chaperone for Kate, who's like, not about this life. No. She's, this isn't her thing at all. And I get Anthony going after her because, like, I think one something of the, could happen. Something could happen. I think one of the dangers of venturing out on your own in a hunting party is everyone's got a gun, and you, can, yeah. you don't know who you could be pointing it at. You don't know who's hiding, even though everyone is wearing like their Sunday best. And yeah. I don't know now that I know anything about hunting, but I just feel like camouflage was invented for like a good reason. These are all rich people. These are all rich people. <laughs> so. so they found a huge stag, like you said. She's got the gun lined up, and this is where I just want to pause and say that. For those of you who don't know, Shonda Rhimes also wrote The Princess Diaries to Royal Engagement. And that is important because I think we're all thinking of the scene where Anne Hathaway is practicing her bow and arrow to light the flame. And then Nick, played by Chris Pine, Mm -hmm. comes up behind her and shows her how she should really be shooting the arrow. And that movie walked so that Bridgerton could run. Yes. It was a different situation with Mia and Nick because she truly did not know what she was doing. She was like nearly shooting maids and being a danger to everyone. So in that case, he was helpful. But here, Anthony is just trying to find any excuse to get close to Kate, to smell Kate. Smells her. <laughs> so. I can't even begin to tell you. This is one of those scenes where I just feel like everyone's head exploded. They even stop looking at the stag at one point yeah. and just sort of look up at each yeah. other. And I'm like, oh my God. There's just so, close. so many close calls between them of something about to happen and them not getting discovered, which is just so lucky <laughs> for them. Or they're just in the middle of the woods and it's a bunch of guys and they're like, yeah. where'd you guys go? And I'm like, <laughs> what? If it were a mama, then a scandal would be created very quickly. 
But I think because it's like Anthony and he has clearly made his intentions known about Edwina. So I don't think people are necessarily like, oh, he's trying to go after the sister now. So I I don't think people are putting those two things together because they have hidden their feelings for each other very well. She's also trying to deny her own feelings because there's no one she loves more than Edwina. You know, she, she knows that the objective is Anthony. Like he is intended for her. He needs to propose to her and she can't keep getting caught up in these moments. No matter how mad she is at him for saying this or doing that, she needs to play by the rules. Otherwise she could ruin things for Edwina and that would just ruin everything. She's the only member of her family who knows what's at stake with the dowry. She just can't let her lustful thoughts for this guy get in the way of the bigger plan. Which part of that is like the Sheffield arrangement of securing Edwina's financial future. Like sure, marrying a Bridgerton would set her for life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She just wants to make sure Edwina's taken care of, that her mother is taken care of. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always at top of mind for her. But later that night, they both can't sleep, Kate and Anthony, because they're just like, what just happened? That was amazing. Thing. We almost had a moment. It's also storming. Yeah. I feel like that is an important part of it because Kate can never sleep during monsoon mm. season and the rain oh. makes her think of the monsoons. And guess what? When she couldn't sleep, her father would read to her oh. to calm her down. So she seeks out what is not even an argument. It is fact that the library is the sexiest room in any house. <laughs> I don't know if anyone here has seen Becoming Jane, another Anne yeah, Hathaway movie. Yeah, yeah. That you know. Oh my gosh! You know, that your, head, scene. your head exploded just thinking about it. I <laughs> think about it all the time. Um, and this is not dissimilar from that scene. Yeah. It's better because she's looking for a book to comfort her. He comes in and he's like, oh, I thought I left a candle on. I stay up so late reading. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't say it, but he means it. Once again, they're alone. She's in her nightdress and a shawl. And his shirt is just open. He's barely wearing a shirt. (laughs) Barely wearing a shirt. It's like the thin material. It's the puffy shirt. And so he tells her that this is his father's private collection. She asks him, like, how did your father die? And he confesses it was a bee sting. And she's like, oh my God, like, I know why you freaked out yesterday. Yeah. Then he doesn't ask her how her father died, which (laughs) I was a little put off by because I'm like, that's how questions work. Classic Anthony. Classic Anthony not asking like, oh yeah, and the thing that bonds us, how did your father die? So she could be like, I don't know, a moth. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We don't. I was bummed that we never found out because that's like a big reason why they're in this situation is because their father dying. They're in the sexiest room in the house. Nothing but a candle between them. They're being emotionally vulnerable in their see-through pajamas. Kate, again, gets really flustered and realizes sort of what's happening and runs out of the room. And they lucked out for the second time. Yeah. Not even that. They were alone when they were playing Pal-Mal and they went to go get the ball in the bushes and they fell in the mud. They were alone with the bee incident. They were alone with the gun incident. They're now alone in a house in their underwear. And I'm just like, how do you guys keep getting away with this? Because you should be marrying her just because of how often you've been alone with her. Yeah. It's even the way Anthony is. Like, he is so serious with his intentions. 
Obviously his family knows like he always strives to be the most honorable person in the room and like set an example for his family. The Duke had that reputation and like he caught him and his sister kissing. Like they were together. But also Anthony has that reputation. Like he is coming off of prime rake reputation everyone knows about his singers everyone knows like we're literally the first episode we're seeing him leave money on prostitutes bedside tables like he's that guy he's not better than those guys he is that guy he wants to be better good for you you want to be better better. that was something i saw about like the difference with his hair and the sideburns because they said like oh that's more of like a showy offy thing to have the sideburns and everything and now he's all cleaned up and so maybe he's trying to enter more serious time in his life because i mean his he made his intentions known he wants to get married he's going after the diamond Again, he's just following all the steps and checking all the boxes that he thinks he needs to do to fulfill this big thing of getting married. So before we wrap up the Anthony-Kate storyline, we want to jump to some other families here because essentially the episode wraps at the Bridgerton Ball. We've got a couple other people to talk about. Let's talk about the Bridgertons more specifically. Let's talk about Colin, dumb boy, Bridgerton. (laughs) The big stride that Colin makes in this episode is, as we've seen in a previous episode, Penelope tells him, you know, my cousin Marina, who you were in love with last season, lives close by. And so he decides to just sort of get that closure. We sort of find out that he was hoping to get the Marina closure while he was in Greece, and it didn't happen. He thought about her the whole time. Mm. And so he goes and sees her. She had twins, very cute little babies. And so he stays and bores her with his travels to Greece He's about to leave and he's like, I hope your husband, Sir Philip, is okay. And then he walks in and they nerd out about plants and trees in Greece. And he's like, Colin, you have to stay for dinner. I'm obsessed with you. So then he stays for dinner and Marina's forced to watch her husband talk to the guy she tried to trap last season into marrying her. Something that I did want to bring up that was recently brought to my attention. Sir Philip Crane in the books is Eloise's love interest. Oh. He, like her book is called To Sir Philip with Love or something like that. Oh, okay. So I just, I don't know what they're doing with the show. But I just wanted to bring that to attention. Interesting. Maybe we need to say a prayer for Marina that nothing happens there. Oh no, I hope not. I hope not too. The big thing between Colin and Marina is he's like, are you happy? Are you good? And she's like, whatever fantasy you're holding on to, I've left it. You should have left it in Greece. We're beyond that. Like, I have a, I have children. I have a home. I have, like, a stable life. You know, Sir Philip Crane provided that. If you would simply open your eyes to what is in front of you, then you might see there are those in your life you already make happy. And who would that be? You have your family. You have... Penelope. Penelope? You have many people who care for you. I love that Marina is named Penelope. It's not like you should really look at all the friends in your life and reevaluate how you see them like Penelope. (laughs) The way I see it, she kind of owes Penelope because she knew Penelope was in love with Colin and that was really mean. And so she, I think she owes Penelope the uh, like, hey, not me, but what about uh, the girl you talked to all the time and wrote all those letters to, you know? 
Colin's story kind of ends there and hopefully he's gotten his closure and can move forward with his life. Yeah. The other Bridgerton child we want to talk about briefly is Daphne. Again, we don't get to see the Duke because he's contractually not in the show anymore, but yes. <laughs> she shows up to help her mom host the festivities for the weekend. She's married, so she's a love expert now and <laughs> she can't help. She's sort of the only one who really sees that Anthony is lusting after Kate yeah. while courting Edwina. There is obviously something between you. And I know that this is not as you would wish it. But you must be honest with yourself. Because one way or another, these kind of feelings always have a way of coming to the surface. And what kind of feelings are those? Well, love. She's just kind of this little magical fairy who goes around reminding Anthony that he's probably making bad decisions. And we all know how much Anthony loves to be told he is making bad decisions. <laughs> I mean, for Daphne, it was Violet Bridgerton was the one who was like, you saw my love match and you deserve a love match. And that's why you should go for the Duke and that sort of thing. And so I think just different responsibilities were upon Daphne and there was a more freedom to pursue a love match. Yeah versus Anthony, who does not talk about what he's going through. And so for Daphne, it's like, it's easy. Just go after the person you love. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony's like, it's not that easy for me. Well, he also has made it clear he doesn't want love. Yeah. He does yeah, not yeah. even in any small way want a love match because he doesn't want to be as devastated as his mother was. Yeah. Or doesn't want to leave. Should something happen to him, he doesn't want to leave, to leave his wife devastated the way that his mother was. Yeah. So now we're at the ball. The last Bridgerton child that sort of has any kind of storyline is Eloise, uh, which is basically her mom is like, you're out in society now. You need to be out. You need to be dancing. I feel like I wasn't actually a huge fan of her in this episode because fine that you don't want to get married and you don't want to settle down. Like, that's all fine. But she's kind of getting to the point where she's looking down on her peers for wanting that. She's just someone who's always going to criticize society while benefiting from society. So she wants to feel like, I'm not part of it, but you still have to play the part of it. Yeah, <laughs> so. I'm so fringe. I'm just yeah. cosplaying ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the ball, her mom is like, I met a nice young man. He likes to read and he likes the stuff you like. They have some good conversations about a book. And then he kind of shifts into being very mischievous and he's like, let's spike the punch bowl. And, and she doesn't really like the way that he talks about women and doesn't like the way that he is in general. And she basically leaves him in the middle of the dance. I mean, I guess at this point she has read some of the, like those feminist pamphlets. And yeah. so her way of thinking is starting to shift and change. And I mean, she's seen the way the modiste and the way Lady Whistledown are women making their own way in this world that is dominated by men and has typically been like, you need to get married in order to be financially secure. But she's like, but there's other women who have found other paths. And so it's very radical thinking on her for, for the kind of time that she's in and, and what she's always grown up to see and believe. So for her to be like, I don't need this. I don't need to be part of this is very different and is very odd. Her mother is kind of go with the flow and is like, 
she'll get over it eventually. She's not concerned about it. Um, you know, Violet Bridgerton is not like, you shouldn't think this way. You need to be, you know, doing this, doing that. She's very just trying to guide her children in the right direction. Yeah. And then I feel like a lot of the drama happens uh, with the Featheringtons. Yeah. So with Lady Featherington, her goal has been to match up Prudence, her daughter, and cousin Jack, since he's doing so well with all the rubies and mines in America. And so she's like, he's rich, we're broke, this is going to solve all our problems to keep all the money in the family, but he is very taken with Cressida Cowper, and there's no way that Lady Featherington is going to let that happen. It's kind of Prudence's idea, actually, that she's like, well, marriages come together via scandal all the time. And she kind of says that just as a comment, but it actually comes true. Unbeknownst to Prudence, she has gone off into some part of the garden during the ball. Lady Featherington traps Cousin Jack and is like, oh, I think there's someone who really needs to talk to you about the rubies yeah. in the orange grove. Go, go quickly. So he goes and literally Prudence and Cousin Jack are just talking. They are near a tree. Lady Featherington gathers everyone, gets everyone in there and is like, scandal! <laughs> and like, just yelling scandal literally causes the like group of people she's with to be like, oh, so they need to get married. There's a scandal. Two people alone in a corridor, they need to get married. My hats are so, my hat is so off to Lady Featherington in yes. this scenario because she just gathers as many people as she can find yeah. and deserves a best actress Oscar. Like, my poor innocent young girl with an older experienced man but who has like, to marry her. His family. <laughs> I know. Doesn't matter. No. Barely. It's interesting that how much she really pushes that narrative enough for people to kind of join in and agree and be like, yeah, they do need to get married. Yeah. yeah. Prudence is happy because she's like, great, I'm getting married. Hooray. Prudence um, cracks me up I in know. this episode. She's like, oh my God, I'm engaged. And yeah. it's like, well, you didn't earn it. No. Like, he doesn't want you. You're no. just engaged. Yeah. So unfortunately, Cousin Jack is kind of stuck in this situation. He can't back out. The only thing I just want to bring to everyone's attention is this actress who plays Prudence. Her name is Bessie Carter. She is the daughter of Imelda Staunton, who mm. played Professor Umbridge yeah. and many, 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 many other roles in <gasps> TV film. Okay, And Jim Carter, who is also very prolific in TV film. Like, nice. she looks like yeah. they're meshed together. So... I just wanted to bring a fun fact to this sequence. Very fun, indeed. Just to wrap up the Featheringtons, even though this is a little bit post-ball, but uh, how they end up is, even though Lady Featherington is like, great, all our problems are solved, we're gonna be rich. Cousin Jack reveals, I'm broke too. <laughs> That's why I was going after Cressida. She's got a sizable dowry. That would have saved us all. I mean... I don't think he says that to be like, I would have saved all of us. He says it more like I would have been set and like you guys, I would have kicked you out somewhere else. <laughs> In this scenario, he's like, you kind of messed things up for all of us. So there's no way he can back out of the engagement. He wants to because he's like, just let me go marry Cressida. But Lady Featherington's like, no, you'll ruin Prudence. Then her options are gonna just go away. So really, she needs to come up with another scheme to try to find money 
while maintaining uh, this engagement. This situation is exactly what happened in Sense and Sensibility, where the husband basically couldn't leave his estate to his wife and daughters. So it went, I mean, in the, yeah. in the book it happened to a son, but like it went to some other guy and then they just kicked the family out of their house, out of their estate. While he makes it seem like I would have taken care of all of us, like Lady Featherington's schemes are not over. <laughs> no, not at all. Back to the ball. Mm-hmm. Edwina is still on her mission t- of getting Kate and Anthony to become best friends and so that she can approve of the marriage and she can get engaged. So she is like, great, you two dance together. And it is um, too much, you know? Too much they for are, all of us. They, you know, have been stealing these moments of being close to each other, longing gazes, but now they're in an acceptable place to be close to each other. Lady Danbury can see it. Lady Bridgerton can see it. And they are worried because they're like, oh no, we know like what's going on between them. Mm-hmm. They're not admit- admitting it to themselves, but mm-hmm. we can see it. Mm-hmm. Do you have something you wish to ask me, my lord, regarding my sister? If I toss your hand, would you give me your permission? I want my sister to be happy. And do you think I can make her happy? That is a better question for you. Can you make her happy? If your silence is an indication you are reconsidering your declaration, Is that what you want for me to reconsider? It does not matter what I want. I do not think that is true. She's so overcome, she runs away into another library. library. This is our first Anthony speech, and I literally, I couldn't handle it. I don't know if you could handle it. I couldn't handle it. Say so you do not care for me. Tell me you feel nothing, and I will walk away. I feel. And who should walk in on them? I can't believe only one in five encounters has a walk-in, but luckily it's Daphne. Yeah. And she's like, oh, and he's like, nothing happened. Even though she's rightfully pissed off. Because as much as she loves Simon and that's what she wanted last season, like, she was caught alone with a man and that's why she had to marry him and there was drama. And it happens with Anthony and we're supposed to, like, act like we didn't see anything. Daphne's the one who's like, you literally, I was in this situation a year ago and you got so upset and you forced the engagement to happen, you know, quicker than it should have. The same thing happened with you and Kate. You should get married. For Daphne, it's like, this is what you should want. You two want to be together. Sure, it's via scandal, but <laughs> you're gonna at least now be free to be with who, who you want to be with. They are both holding on to duty. With Kate, it is I need my sister happy. She views Anthony as happiness, so I want them to be together. And Anthony is like, no, I have already made intentions known for Edwina. I cannot break that. I cannot stray away from what I've set out to do already. So they are both not going to give in into what they really want. They're also in like a Prudence Lord Featherington situation, except 
they're getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> so then after that, the ball is over and Kate is just taking a breather outside on the balcony and we get another Lady Danbury speech where she's like, you need to tell your sister about your feelings for this yeah. guy. Like, because, you know, it's not too late to turn back. Like, that's no. the thing. Even though they're in very far... The engagement, the proposal is the thing that really starts to set things in stone. And what we see moving forward is it's pretty normal for women to call off engagements. They're just like, nope, change my mind. And like, that's not a, a big deal. But if a man were to jilt a woman, that's the thing that yeah. like is it's really, really hard to come back from. So, yeah. but we're not at the point of no return yet. Like no. Anthony could just- Like he hasn't proposed yet. It's expected, but unspoken. And yes. so it would be a huge deal if he didn't propose to Edwina, but you can come back from that. Yeah. And I think at this moment is when Kate's like, okay, great. I'll finally tell Edwina because we're literally about to step into this carriage. Yeah. And the proposal hasn't happened as we all expected it to. Mm-hmm. So she's like, Edwina, I have to tell tell you something and then suddenly rushing out before they really step into the carriage anthony comes out has the betrothal ring gets down on one knee and proposes in front of the bridgertons the featheringtons are still there the sharmas and proposes to edwina she of course says yes this is heartbreaking for Kate. And it really feels like, where do we go from here? How are these two going to be together now? Like it literally would take a scandal for them to break up this engagement and then for Kate and Anthony to be together. That's what I'm saying is like for a long time, like they were in deep, but like we could still turn around. Yeah. Now the proposal has happened. She has accepted. There's no making a U-turn here. Like the only way out is through. We're just sort of left with like, they're engaged. It's happened. What do we do now? You'll just have to wait and see (laughs) and listen to us next week talk about what comes next. I mean, that's a great cliffhanger. It's a great sort of midway point in the season. We've got four episodes left to see how this unfolds with this. And he is betrothed to a woman he does not love while he's lusting after her sister. Her sister. Very, very Hamilton. Yes. If I may say so. Tune in next week, where we'll dive into episode five of Bridgerton. Keep up with us on social media at The Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. 